0: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills. This is the Bills Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bills Wire editor, Nick Wotan.
2: So there it is, Nick. About 45 seconds straight of just unedited white noise of Bills Mafia going absolutely nuts. The Bills are the AFC East champions. Bills Mafia have been waiting a long time for that. Thousands show up at the airport when the team arrives. I know the players and the coaches got a kick out of that. They're all sharing it all over Twitter, all over social media. It's a good time to be a Bills fan, man. This is kind of fun. What do you think about that? And man. Bill's mafia is feeling a certain kind of way right now. How are you feeling?
3: I mean, you can't feel anything other than good right now, Ryan. And even I can admit that that's,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: That's a, that's a first for me. Um, you know, it's, it's been a long time coming. Uh, you know, hopefully the, the big hope now in the aftermath of that, of course, with the uh, ongoing pandemic is that nothing spikes in the area. Um, a lot of the latest in New York State uh, for anyone outside of the state um, is, you know, Governor Cuomo is is kind of. A lot of folks are saying, okay, he's he's given him a chance because last week he went on a press conference and kind of said, okay, we'll see where it's at. But the big thing that Bill's fans are pointing to is that he said, oh, it's I'm sorry, I don't remember. It's Doctor Howard something or whatever. Who's he goes? Oh, he's the state health department official it's it's up to him uh you know who uh if they're in or in or out and a lot of bills fans are saying oh well he's just lying up to blame this other guy so then people can't get mad at him and we're not allowed to have
2: fans <laughs> a lot so, of pressure on that guy
3: so yes yeah, so i don't know if it's like you know maybe the the fallback pessimistic bills way that we kind of all are that oh it's not going to happen but you know hopefully that no as long as there was no you know covid spike and then the next couple you know week or two uh following a lot of people going outside uh, and getting in a small space. And unfortunately, but I'm just ho- I'm just hoping, praying, you know, that you know, nothing bad comes from that. But of course, it was. Uh, if you, you know. Unfortunately, ignore the ter- the terror behind all that. Thought it was a very cool scene, uh, nonetheless. And uh, you know, the carry on top is just Josh Allen comes off the the air the airplane and has shorts on in the middle of the winter <laughs> in Buffalo. So people gotta love that.
2: Oh no! I mean, he even said it. I think he got some questions about the Broncos passing on him and picking chubb over him bradley chubb i should say over him I, he said something like i'm where i'm supposed to be and i agree 100 the bills have the perfect quarterback uh, and he is fun to watch and for me listening to the crowd going nuts there at the airport which i just think is awesome i know there's a pandemic uh and all that but you know it's not like everyone wasn't wearing masks or anything i know some people weren't but that's what it's all about man and it made me think back to when i was like a teenager in 2001 when the Patriots kind of sucked for a while and then all of a sudden they had this like little kind of fun team underdog kind of team and they beat the Steelers and they're going to the Super Bowl and I remember hopping in the back of my buddy's father's pickup truck my buddy was driving and I had a big Patriots flag in my hands and we were just driving around like idiots and I'm waving the flag around I was just completely (laughs) acting a fool because the Patriots were in the Super Bowl and we did not see that coming and, and didn't know how to react and I feel like that's That's how Bills fans are feeling right now. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they saw this coming. It's been building for a while, but they're definitely in that euphoric state, and you got to enjoy it while it lasts. It's a pretty sweet, uh, sweet place to be.
3: Yeah. Well, we pointed out, you know, the negatives uh, of of the COVID nineteen pandemic going on and people gathering like that. The other aspect of it is really just encompassing um, what sports is, and the one thing I always have to tell myself is sports is my livelihood. uh, You know, with Literally, we were talking about um, before we got on air here, Ryan, uh, you and I. Yep. Um, but uh, the one thing that sports is and the grand scheme of life in general, it's an escape for people. It's an escape that people are very much passionate about and having said that you know it's 2020 has been been nothing short of a hell of a year and i think a lot of people uh you know a lot of, a lot of patient bills fans <laughs> needless to say uh for for more than two decades here uh were, we're anxiously waiting during the middle of a pandemic to uh to go out and, and show some happiness and kind of uh you know finally be happy as hopefully we're turning the page to uh, a uh, much better 2021 in a, in a couple weeks here
2: Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, I have I have family that are Bills fans. I have friends that are diehard Bills fans. Uh, My brother in law, you know, I mean, all I do is buy him Bills gear for Christmas. And of course, he's going he's going nuts. We got him a Josh effing Allen T-shirt and he was wearing it and showing us, you know, (laughs) texting us pictures all day uh, during the game. And uh, you got to live it up. And for me, it's like, man, Bills fans. You're right. They've been they've been smelling Brady and Belichick's farts for two decades, right? they just been – you can't win. You can't win against those two. And they've waited and waited and waited, the franchise, the fans. And now they're here, and it's such a cool story. And for me, uh, for someone who lives in New Hampshire – I've lived in New Hampshire my whole life. I've rooted for the Patriots, as I mentioned, with me and my stupid flag in the, in the pickup truck there, going, <laughs> going nuts back in 2001, had no idea what was coming, had no idea that going through a high school and college – the Patriots would be winning Super Bowls almost every single freaking year. It was a ridiculous run, as Bills fans know. Uh, But now, no part of me, even as a diehard Patriots fan, wants to see the Patriots beat the Bills on Monday night. I want the Bills to keep winning. I want them to get the number two seed. I want them to challenge the Chiefs for the AFC Championship. I want them to go to the Super Bowl. I love watching Josh Allen. I'm hopping on the freaking bandwagon. I think a lot of fans, Patriots fans, Broncos fans, fans that don't have anything to root for here, have to like kind of fall in love with this Bills team. It's an easy team to root for, Nick, and it does almost it feel it has a little bit of a two thousand and one Patriots vibe to me. Not no, to, yeah, that's you know what I mean. That's it's like actually that, what I was going to say. The underdog story. Yes, yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
3: Completely agree. I was going to say that too because I remember even being you know uh, uh you know I remember being you know. 10, 11, 12 years old where the Patriots had a a good year, and all of a sudden this quarterback comes out of nowhere, and he's just this bum, and, you know, oh, they're gonna have this one blip year, that's pretty good, and, (laughs) hey, they were so, they were were bad for so long, and, you know, we didn't get it done, but, hey, you know, you don't really hate them uh, right away as much as, you know, (laughs) two two decades later, you're dancing on their grave like there's no tomorrow, but, you know, there was a brief moment there where I do remember being like, ah, you know, we'll let them have one, you know, it's it's not not that bad. And then, you know, you never know. And maybe two decades, Patriots fans are going to be returning the favor and, you know, Josh Allen goes down to, I don't know, we'll say the Jaguars or something like that instead of Tampa Bay.
1: But you
2: know. <laughs> Yeah, just find a, a, a different crap Florida franchise to go to, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But man, it's it's sweet. And I, I feel it. I feel like uh, a lot of people are going to be hopping on the bandwagon. I'm on the bandwagon. I need to buy some Bills gear. I need to get ready for the playoffs. I can't wait. This has been, it's been fun covering the team with you, Nick. And I'm I'm all in. So much more to get into with this team. We'll do that coming up next.
1: Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit up, start
2: up. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends at a
4: tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. Welcome to Week 16 of the Fantasy Football Season. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about strong plays in the championship round for most leagues. Derek Carr left last week with a groin injury that was deemed a one-to-two-week situation, but he's been splitting first-team reps with Marcus Mariota. For all of the on-paper upgrades Miami made in the offseason, it has struggled to contain competent quarterbacks, especially dual threats. Cam Newton, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Patrick Mahomes. All of them trounced this group, and even rookie quarterback Justin Herbert found success. Mariota is the better recommendation in the event he starts, just because we don't know what to expect from Carr's injury. But the matchup is right for either player. Sticking with the same matchup, but on the other side of the coin, running back Lynn Bowden of the Miami Dolphins takes on the team that drafted him in the Raiders. Bowden is a running back receiver combo and can be flexed out into the slot. In fact, he does that more often than not. He's by far the most talented natural receiver out of this backfield, but keep in mind he offers nothing from the running game perspective, with just three carries in the last three games. Injury question marks with Jakeem Grant, Devontae Parker and Mike Kosicki, leave this passing game a little thin, so it will be all hands on deck. The Raiders have given up five and a half receptions a game to running backs in 2020, and Bowden is poised to eclipse that mark. Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver Tyron Johnson versus the Denver Broncos. Injuries have slowed receivers Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and it opened the door for the explosive Johnson to see more action. His 12 targets in the last two games, after only nine on the year entering week 14. There's a ton of risk here, since he's a low-volume, high-yield type of player. But the Broncos have permitted 21 different efforts of at least 10 PPR points in 2020, and both Allen and Williams scored in the earlier meeting. Johnson is an intriguing flex flyer. Chicago Bears rookie tight end Cole Kmet at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Understand, by starting him, you're taking a tremendous amount of risk, and this is purely a flyer for a touchdown against a defense that has been atrocious at stopping tight ends in 2020. Only the Jets have allowed more touchdowns on the year to the position, and no team has given up scores at a higher frequency than once every 5.2 catches. But seven times the position has been held to 36 or fewer yards, which makes this the epitome of a gamble for a touchdown. For more fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains
1: that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan" From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the major storylines
2: coming out of this blowout win over the Broncos that clinches the division, Nick, is this really cryptic little weird thing that happens at the end of the game where on the broadcast they say, oh, by the way, Stephon Diggs was carted off the field or off the sideline. And they didn't really give us an update on that. Now, I know he ended up coming back on the sideline and hopping around on one foot to celebrate. There was tweets that he was dancing in the locker room, which I think is a good sign. I think if you had some type of really scary, season-threatening injury, you're not dancing around in the locker room. You're probably like, crying in the trainer's room, like, am I okay? Am I okay? So uh, I maybe they avoided a serious, major, scary injury with Diggs, but... It's fragile, right? Like Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, these are the guys that if the Bills are going to make a real run to the Super Bowl, and I think that's in the conversation, absolutely, I want to talk about that. But they need these guys. Cannot have injuries to Stephon Diggs, cannot have an injury to Josh Allen, right? So it seems like concern on the Diggs front is low, right? What do you think about it?
1: Yeah, I
3: think it's that as close to zero as you can possibly get. I mean, they showed him getting off the cart on, on his own, in his own power on the on the broadcast. But then still, Sean McDermott's like salivating at the opportunity to like not give the Patriots any any little intel, even though they literally saw him like getting off the cart under his own power and dancing in the locker room. <laughs> afterwards. he still is all week just going to be like, "Oh, we're going to monitor it. We're going to monitor it." And then I I swear, I always revert back to the if you recall like the Bills snow game um, where you know the the blizzard against the the Colts where they won Uh, I remember actually covering the team yeah I remember actually covering the team in person that week and like Tyrod didn't play that game Nate Peterman started and then Joe Webb finished everything was insane about that game but in the lead up to it Like, there's, like, no way Tyrod was playing. And, like, for the five-minute media portion of practice is what they do is they let media come out during warm-ups. And then as soon as they start doing anything really football-related, it's, like, get the hell out, guys. And, like, they literally would show Tyrod, like, walking around with his helmet on with his teammates, barely stretching. And then one time, I think he's now with the Athletic. Well, like, he is not with the athletic. Uh, Joe Biscaglia, uh, Biscaglia, He's a Bills reporter still. So folks will know him who are, who are listening. He was the one that tweeted out. He kind of like turned around before we left the room at the, the workout facility or the practice facility, and he saw Tyrod like leaving. And, like everyone's like, "There's no way this guy's playing. He has like a a grapefruit-sized knee right now." <laughs> like 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 Peterman started, and like McDermott wouldn't say it. Like even I remember, I remember laughing almost out loud like at the Friday press conference. He was like, "Well, you know, we'll see." We're like, "Dude, Tyrod." Is barely on the field this
2: it's week like, you like will weekend, not give an it's X. like it's like weekend at bernie's in the pregame <laughs>
3: Yeah, literally, it's like oh my god, like, uh, it, 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 all the time. I always at this point, it's just like I make a joke on about it, uh, on it now. My social media page just you know can't give him an inch. But that's literally like you are going to hear that all week ahead of these. these <laughs> they're probably going to put Diggs as limited on the practice uh, practice uh, injury report all week. To be honest with you, he's not limited, folks. The guy was dancing in the locker room.
0: <laughs> he's not
2: limited. <laughs> yeah, he's got all his faculties going for him. I mean, come on. I mean, you are right. Bills coaches, Bills fans, they're going to find a way to be paranoid about bill belichick on monday night i just want to tell everyone don't worry about it the patriots freaking take it from a diehard patriots fan they suck they blow the patriots are (laughs) they are terrible i've been trying to tell nick this for weeks he's finally starting to believe me i think it took a lot it took a while but he's finally starting to believe me uh but anyway we talked about josh allen how he you know got some qu- he fielded some questions about the Broncos passing on him. He said he's where he's supposed to be. I think there was also some quotes that came out of him like doing a post game locker room speech where he said, "Yeah, the hat and T shirt's great, but I want the effing one that says Super Bowl champs on it." And there's been a lot of that, like the Bills Twitter, Bills players. Everyone's kind of they—they they haven't been afraid to use the word Super Bowl, Nick. Uh, you know, they're not afraid to say that that's their goal. That their goal isn't finished. That they even the team has those. You know, the AFC East champions T-shirts. I think says one not done. Uh, so the Bills are very, very open about their pursuit in a Super Bowl championship, and I actually love that. I think it's great. I think they shouldn't worry about the past. Worry about what's happened to the Bills, you know, in in the two decades of just suffering, right? I mean, and not not don't worry that something horrible is going to happen. I think it's okay for this team to keep the swagger, keep the momentum, talk Super Bowl, and go for it. I think that's completely fair and legitimate. I have no problem at all with it. But you, as a diehard Bills guy, how do you feel about that? They're they're definitely using the word Super and Bowl in a lot of different kind of <laughs> contexts. How do you feel about it?
3: Um, you know, it's it's. I guess the, the the main difference is, you know, that's, uh, I mean, these guys have said almost similar things that we've always heard. You know, I, uh, I mean, when, when, Ken Gailey was here. He's now in Miami. He he didn't want to lose. Rex Ryan, believe it or not, didn't want to lose, even though maybe a lot of reports come out that he didn't really try very hard at it. But, you know, all these guys, um, I think the most laughable name, gosh, it's got to be like Dick Giron or something, how he somehow got like a fourth year. He was a four-year head coach of the Bills over this drought. Like, what? <laughs> all these guys wanted to win, but, you know, they, I mean, they weren't ready to, Completely change a culture and you know make it about these little witty slogans of you know one not done and uh, this and that and the other thing and uh, as corny as those things are, I mean it. It, it worked. <laughs> it worked. I mean the first the first one it it started with playoff caliber, right? They always said they're playoff caliber because <laughs> they it, had to beat it. they had to break the droughts. So they're all playoff caliber. They're all playoff caliber because people knew that you know you come to the Bills. They're on a playoff job for seventeen seasons. You know,
2: Un- you know, freak- unbelievable. Yeah,
3: seventeen. So, the yeah, stuff about it,
2: Josh Allen not being a lie, like you know, being a figment in his parents' imagination. Back when the Bills were in the playoffs, I mean, this to think that back in the nineties, you know, Allen wasn't even born. The last time they were hosting a playoff game, it is nutty to think. Like, if you told Bills fans in nineteen ninety six that your future, the next time you are going to be hosting a playoff game, the quarterback isn't born yet. That's just unbelievable. But go on. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah. No. I mean, exactly. It's just uh, you know, you you almost have to practice what you preach, and you have to. Put, I'm sure a lot of a lot of coaches probably did that. I mean, Doug Marone seemed like a pretty big stickler when he was around, but did he put in you know the the, the hours of effort and true attention to detail that it seems like McDermott did? I mean, and and you know, I was just talking to. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we have a Panthers Wire podcast yet with you, Ryan. But
0: we don't yet. But go
3: Tim, on. Tim Weaver is our editor there, and he uh, yes, asked in our in our Slack, "Hey, who who are um, who are uh, some potential GM openings? Because or GM candidates? Excuse me, because now their job's open. They get fired, Marty Herney today. And you know, I said, oh, well, the Bills have uh, Joe Shane.' Who's name is actually like spelled Joe shown. It's like the weirdest thing. And then there's Brian gain, who is the the Texans GM for like a cup of coffee. And then Bill O'Brien fired him too, somehow. Um, and he's like, Hey, what can you tell us about? I'm like, I mean, we really don't even know what goes on behind closed doors. You know, McDermott's PR wizard, you know uh, it's just the, the, little things seem to add up when you connect the dots. Like, you know, you see like a guy like Taiwan Jones who, who left and actually knocked the bills out of the playoffs last year. If you remember, he had that like, I think he was the one where Deshaun Watson he should have been sacked by Matt Milano. He threw the ball to the Taiwan Jones, who like ran all the way down the field. They kicked the game winning field goal, and then he signed with the Bills. He signed with the Bills like a month later. You know, these guys, these people want to come back, and I think that's the most telling thing. You kind of never got, you know, people liked the area, they liked the passionate fans, but they, like they res- respect the hell out of McDermott. Where it's like, hey, you know, we're getting rid of you, this, that, you know, whatever it is, because somehow just puts in all the right football guyisms, i like to call him, and, and 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 change it in that that aspects and and that aspect excuse me and you know i'm still never going to stop making fun of him for never wanting to give an inch and all these little ridiculous things um but uh hey you know a, a lot of them uh hold weight uh, uh truthful to him that he uh you know, you got, you got to forget to him and Brandon and This is 17 years. It's something that I didn't expect to see, you know. Oh, <laughs> I didn't no expect doubt. to see the Bills it's uh, working. winning the AFC East. Yeah.
2: It's working. Whatever McDermott's doing, it's working. can't stop it now, right? And when your team clinches the division title with two weeks left, when you've won seven of eight games... And it should have been eight in a row because yeah. of the freaking hail mary and the miracle that that miracle <laughs> loss of the Cardinals. When you have no, a, that's former
3: uh, MVP for like thirty five minutes, Kyler Murray. Exactly.
2: Exactly. So you've you've won seven of eight. You have one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league. Yes, with all that, all that adds up to Super Bowl contender. The Bills are definitely there. They've proven at this point that they can beat any team in the league, and they've earned the right, Nick, to be favored by six and a half. At Foxboro When's the last time We could say that The Bills are Six and a half favorites On a Monday night In Foxboro That is not yeah. That is not Let's talk about that Coming up next
0: It's that time again For the line of the week The inside track To the favorites The underdogs And the over-unders I think I want my money back Now Here are Jeff Clark And Eston McLaren From USA Today's Sportsbook Wire
4: Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of Bet7 Podcast and SportsbookWire.com. It's week 16 of the NFL, and I'm joined again by Jeff Clark, my colleague. We're breaking down the Sunday night football game between the Tennessee Titans and Green Bay Packers. The Packers are three and a half point home favorites at Lambeau, minus 105 odds. The Titans on the road, plus three and a half point underdogs, minus 115 odds. Big game for both teams. Playoff implications all over the board here. Packers trying to hold on to the number one seed in the NFC. I'm on them to win by at least four points. Jeff, I think Matt LaFleur just gets his revenge against the Tennessee Titans. Even though things worked out pretty well for him, he can't be too angry at them. Yeah, I'm definitely sweating the Matt LaFleur revenge game. To me, it's a toss-up with the offenses. It's a bit of a toss-up with the defense. I'm willing to concede Green Bay is a little bit better on the defensive end or more reliable. Uh, But the game just means more to the Tennessee Titans. Um, They haven't locked up anything not the AFC South, not an AFC wild card, whereas Green Bay has the NFC North all tucked away and could be looking ahead to the playoffs
3: or just wanting to rest up, not giving a full effort. Uh, Give me the three plus the hook with the Titans
1: Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, dot com, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, as we said, Nick, I mean, I've seen
2: the Patriots be underdogs at home often this year, but I've never seen it. I haven't seen a team be six and a half point favorites. So, the betting public is definitely on these Bills as well, uh, rightfully so. They're playing some great football. One of the hottest teams in the league right now, and the Patriots are just god awful. Let me, I promise you, the Patriots suck. They cannot figure it out. They're, the quarterback play is probably. Probably the worst in the league next to the Jets, and now we can't even say that, right? Because the Jets beat the freaking Rams.
3: Hey, you're only as good as your last game. Oh, uh, what, one of those two teams is better than the other in
0: their last game,
2: you know? Somebody tell me how you can pick <laughs> games in the NFL. It's unbelievable. Who saw yeah. that? There's no way the Jets could beat the Rams. But anyway... Um, uh, my question, Nick, is what should the Bills be? What should their approach be over these final two weeks? Now, I know they've locked up the AFC East. That was a huge goal of theirs. It should have been. We know they're top four. For me, it's like I feel like you've got to go all out these next two weeks. You've got to get the number two seed. Now, it's a little scary because the team that you might face if you end up as the number two seed is the Ravens. And that is kind of a scary opponent. I know the Bills played a home game against the Ravens late last year. And they lost it. I think they lost by a touchdown. But Lamar Jackson was the MVP. And this is just a different Bills group than it was last year. Uh, so I, I would still like the Bills in that matchup. I know the Ravens could be scary as a seven seed, and they're kind of on the come. Uh, but I think you can't mess around. You've got to keep winning. You've got to keep rolling. And, you, and you really what you want to do is you want to set yourself up to see the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, and that's it. You don't want to risk not seeing that team you know you don't want to risk seeing that team in the second round i should say so i think you go all out you get the number 2 seed and you hope to face either the dolphins or the ravens in that opening round what do you think
3: yeah no i think that's exactly what they they have to do and the the, the main thing is is that this team is um I guess the best way to to put it, as cliche as it sounds, like you just said, I'm still going to make fun of Sean McDermott for being a football guy through and through. And some
2: of the it's one of, your, stuff one he of said, your pastimes? Go ahead. Uh,
3: one of my pastimes, but I mean, they got They're peaking at the right time, and they got to keep doing that because I mean, it's just weird. You know, we're just talking about you know, are they Super Bowl Bills? Can they really do that? Are they really in that conversation? And it's it's just weird to to see that yes, they are, and you just watch a team like you know, you know, you look at Drew Locke and you know. Bless him. Good luck. I don't know if it's going to work out there after, you know, I only saw him play, you know, maybe two games this year. Um, you know, I think the other game I watched for the Broncos was that, you know, no quarterback fiesta. I had had to tune in for that for a couple minutes. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but aside from that, um, you know, I mean, you're looking you're hearing Mark Schlereth, which I mean, I know you hear. Joe Buck and Yankees fans all the time. He's so biased. He's so biased. Oh my goodness. I could not believe how biased. I mean the, he, Mark Schlereth was complimenting the way that Drew Locke was getting sacked after Josh Allen went down and scored touchdowns. I oh, Schlereth
2: so is one of he those was, broadcasters he, with an agenda. Uh, he is. He oh my God.
3: He was like, well, look at the way he climbed the pocket. I'm like, oh my God, he got sacked. What are you talking about? Drew
2: Locke um, blows and he's, he should not uh, be in the same conversation as Allen and people that compare the two are just make me lose my mind, but go on.
3: I mean, they're just looking at yeah, that's right. we did talk about that, uh, uh, Ryan, but uh, you you know we're looking at you know drew lock and i'm just thinking on sunday it's like man the bills just have a, such a better quarterback where it's like i'm almost watching like if i was if i was feeling like the broncos i i was hoping for a game like when the bills play against aaron Rodgers for some reason where like bakari rambo who was like a safety for them for one year picked off aaron Rodgers three times in a game and then he did like this miracle like to happen to beat like a team that's like actually legitimately good and instead it's like the the It's just like you know the flip, the the script is flipped, and now, as you mentioned, they're touchdown favorites going into New England on Monday Night Football. On where... a Monday
2: night. Bill's on Monday night, too. It's another thing we haven't seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: And it's the second time in three weeks that they're on four weeks that they're on Monday night. Right, and it's right. the fourth time in a row, maybe the fifth time in a row, that they'll be on primetime football if they flex that week 17 game if the Dolphins need something to play for or, the, you know, it could be a scenario where, hey, the Steelers lose and, you know, the Bills need to win and they can be the second seed like we were just talking about and the Dolphins need to win and in because they're in a win out scenario right now, which, by the way, they have parlay against the, the Patriots on Sunday paid dividends for me, by the way. Um,
2: great bet. Yeah. get yeah. the Patriots at all costs. Go. It's a great bet. Uh,
3: but yeah, no, it's it's just pretty crazy, just all, all things considered, it's kind of what you know, all encompassing what I was saying there. You know, you're watching true lock and you're like, Well, you're looking for this like any signs from this guy who completed one pass to a wide receiver and a half of football um, in the first half. You've completed five passes to wide receivers in the entire game, and you're just looking for something, and I'm like Damn, I want to feel bad for Broncos fans, but I did that crap for two decades. I don't feel <laughs> been, bad at you've all. You've been there.
2: You've been there as Bills fans. Yeah, yes. and you know Drew Locke. I mean, that's that's for the Broncos Wire podcast with John Heath. We could talk about how bad he sucks. He's not very good. <laughs> uh, but so for me, it's like I'm looking at this game Monday night as a Patriots fan, and I like I said earlier, I don't want the Patriots to beat the Bills. I think the Bills are a much better team than the Patriots. It's not even freaking close. I'm interested over the next couple of years how the Patriots try to bridge this gap that is widening. The Bills have been widening this gap over the Patriots all year long. I know they played a close game back in week eight when I declared the Patriots dead, Nick. And I declared the Bills the AFC East champs in week eight. And I, I feel very, very... I feel very good about myself. I was very, very passionate about the Bills. are going to win the division. The Patriots are done. And they, and it, that's how it turned out. And I just knew. I knew. I've seen enough Patriots football to know when they don't have it. And, and, honestly, have that's,
3: it. and honestly, that's six and a half points. That might be a good bet. I mean, if that doesn't, you know, it, that could you know, maybe jump or change, depending on bets throughout the week. But I mean, if it stays below seven, I mean, I, I got to think gonna win by a touchdown in that yeah, game because, if, because I mean, you know, Belichick, I've seen him coach the hell out of football teams in the last two decades, but I haven't really seen him coach a team in week 16 where they have nothing to play for. He doesn't no, seem to me no, like, no. he doesn't strike me as the type of guy that's going to rah, rah the troops when they know Cam Newton is, is not the long-term answer there. I mean, my goodness, when he fumbled that – he I feel like he fumbled his job away when he let that ball go, and I don't – what a crazy rule that was! I think it was what was it? Wilkins was out of bounds and he touched the
2: ball. Yeah, that was like, wild. That was and wild.
3: like any high school game, watching that, like the, the refs are calling that a touchdown because they don't have instant replay. But it, I mean, exactly. that was like it just seemed like he just fumbled it. And the way he even <laughs> fell, it was like a graceful, just like reaching for the ball as he flew in the air. And it was just like it was just him that like, going off the door. And it's like I don't see Bill Belichick. So any betting person out there, I know this isn't the sports book Wire podcast, but <laughs> I, I'm I'm I, I I tend to not bet on the Bills because I'm already invested enough. You know. I don't. I don't. I'm one of those people who really don't bet on my own team very often. But at six and a half. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Bill Belichick's going to try to pull out. I against
2: like the. Against I the Bills. Yeah, I was going to say I like the Bills at six and a half. And if there's any kind of like Belichick bias thing where the line moves to six or moves all the way to five and a half, which I don't, I don't foresee happening. But if it does, hammer the Bills. Hammer them. Yeah. Because yeah. Stephon Gilmore's hurt. He's not going to be playing in this game. Who the hell's yeah. going to cover Stephon Diggs? Uh, you know. I mean. The, no, the Bills are going to win this game. The Patriots are terrible. They're not good. They're just bad. They're one of the worst teams of football. They really are. Uh, so, no, if you can get the, the Bills on a better line, hammer it. But I still like them at 6.5. I would lean Bills at 6.5 for sure. But for me, Nick, it's like the Patriots are out. We know they... They're out of the playoffs completely. Not, not let alone the Bills being the division champs. The Patriots can't even; they're not even one percent alive in the playoff race. They're completely done, and it almost feels like it's a passing of the torch kind of thing. Like it's the Bills' division now, and the Patriots are way behind. And it's going to be interesting to see how Belichick and company can like start to bridge the gap going forward. And they're we we found out last week that the Patriots are behind the Dolphins too, so they're now third and. I am not. I don't even want to talk about the Jets possibly beating the Patriots here in Week 17, but that could happen as well. You could probably argue that the Jets are in a better situation because they get the chance to pick a quarterback here coming up. So, I don't know. The Pats are in a weird spot. It feels like a passing of the torch kind of thing here Monday night, and I expect the Bills to thump them. That's just kind of where I'm at.
3: Yeah, I, I, I have to agree there, especially just because the Bills, you know, they did, you know – we've talked about that mcdermott mantra of you know i i heard i went through pretty much every single every single the team sends out you know the all the interviews from the locker room afterwards especially now it's a lot easier to get access to things because you know they're just recording zoom calls and man i think every single player said hey something to the effect of we're going to celebrate this for 24 hours and then we're we're you know not some cliche, but we're onto the Patriots. Not some Belichickian, but we're onto the Patriots. Is basically what they said almost uh, immediately after that game. It was pretty, uh, pretty telling. And uh, again, just you know, I just how do you even find a sign of life? You know, your reigning defensive player of the year goes down. Your quarterback looks god awful. I mean, did they? Try to play Stidham to see what the hell he has. I mean, they're out of the playoffs now, and
2: Cam yeah, Newton just see. You know, I mean, Belichick, what are they? He hates Stidham, so probably not. Uh, I would not yeah, be surprised I mean, if we don't see Stidham.
3: I, I, at this point, Belichick's just got to be hoping Gay sticks around in New York, and he can try to swing something for the number two pick. Because I don't, I don't know, I don't know what else is going to happen there. But uh, welcome, welcome to Earth, basically, Bill Belichick. Seriously, I guess is what yes. you can say yes. after after all that.
2: It's been a, a sudden fall from grace. Let's say the Patriots are winning a Super Bowl just two years ago, Nick, uh, with Tom (laughs) Brady. And this past week, we're getting completely wiped out of the playoffs while Tom Brady's coming back against the Atlanta Falcons once again and just bringing back those memories. So, yeah, no, it's a painful weekend for Patriots fans. There's no doubt about it. But I don't know how a Patriots fan could not be hopping on the Bills bandwagon and rooting for this team in the playoffs. That's where I'm at. I'm hundred percent on the bills bandwagon. Uh, like I said, I'm going to go order myself some Josh Allen t-shirts and I'm going to get ready for the playoffs. I like, am very, very excited for the run. So uh, for Nick Wilton and myself, uh, everybody have a great holiday weekend and we'll just leave you with the sweet sounds of bills, mafia, thousands of bills, mafia greeting the bills at this, at the uh, airport. One last time. We'll talk to you next week.